snakes okay we're recording by the way give me your biggest talking point my biggest talking point there you go okay i just wanted to see if you'd redline oh oh okay (laughs) dick cheese (laughs) fuck you hello everybody and welcome to psycho's kitchen it's been a while it's been a really long fucking while we all we all have been very busy guys yeah there's, uh... there's been some things pop up and some situations going on um, I am Hayden, hanging out here with Goblin. Hell yeah. Yeah, and, uh, L is not joining us today. Yeah, L uh, is, uh, been very busy. Yeah, and she won't be joining us for a little while, but yeah. she will be back. Yes, she just is very busy. Yeah, she's juggling a bunch right now, so... Very in demand. <laughs> she gets very, very tired, and that's understandable with all the stuff that she's got going on. Yeah. So, for 100%. a while, I mean, obviously, I have some special guests every once in a while. Um, you've met Soul, and I think you've met Bray, and Teagues. I'm pretty sure all three of them have been on here. Uh, but I have some... I just know them from PlayStation. <laughs> so, I've had some special guests on here, but uh, it looks like you're going to be dealing with Hayden and Goblin for a yeah. while. So, don't be too disappointed. <laughs> um... So... You can set the bar low if you'd like. Yeah. Yeah, just set that bar at the lowest possible place. And then we'll blow your mind. Cats get fucking lively at night or something? Cats... I don't know if you know this or not, Hayden, but cats are nocturnal creatures. I mean, I know, but Jesus Christ, can they sleep? Like, look at Monkey. He's the perfect example of what we want a cat to be. He really is. He, he, he He's over there snoozing his little ass off, and the others are just being obnoxious. In his defense, he does that. Or in their defense, he does that all the time. It's day and night. He's he's lazy. <laughs> he just sits there and sleeps. Sometimes I, need, sometimes I have to check and see if he's still alive. <laughs> so, <laughs> I see his stomach moving. He's breathing. Oh, good, good. So, today, we watched an old, old, old movie well not really too old i'd say dude chill (laughs) it was 2009 yeah we're way older than this movie just so you know (laughs) we watched an ancient movie and it only came out like i don't math 14 years ago (laughs) 14 years ago (laughs) um so yeah with by the way in 3d at the theaters (laughs) yeah with those cheesy glasses that didn't really work yeah so um since Valentine's Day is around the corner, we decided to watch My Bloody Valentine in 3D. Garbage. <laughs> so, uh, it, ooh, is that your um, take on the movie? Uh, it's it's not one of my favorites, Hayden. We all have, we all know this. It's uh, he's he's not really that tough. I so, mean, I mean, yeah. He he. The only reason he got got as far as he did is because everybody else is a fucking moron. Right, and the the thing is, is a guy with a pickaxe, not all that scary. No. I mean, not all that scary. That's like a guy with a garden hoe. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's not, uh, I don't know. Um, <sighs> I don't even know, I wouldn't, I don't even know if I'd categorize this in, like, horror. Or it's, 
it's maybe more of like an action suspense movie. It's horror. It's a it's a slasher for sure. I guess so. Yeah, he, <laughs> he does go overkill on that one in the in the mines on that other work on that worker like major league overkill. We having technical issues or something? No, no. I'm just. Oh, you pulling the synopsis up somewhere else? No. Someone oh. sent me a message that required immediate attention. Anyway. Oh. Um. Sorry about that. It's about your butt plug collection, ain't yes, it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And yes. Yeah. It's got a new one or something. Oh, yeah, I've got plenty. Uh, <laughs> so I really, uh, I don't like this movie either. And it, it's it's nothing to do, it's definitely 2000s. It's, yeah, it's definitely very, 2000s you can, horror. You can tell that, that it's dated. Yeah. just I mean, but there's another one that's like that that's like one of your favorites, and that's Scream. Yeah. Oh. It, it's very dated. And speaking of which, stay tuned to the end of this podcast, because uh, here's something that Goblin doesn't know. We're going to be talking about the Scream 6 trailer that we just watched yesterday. Ooh, it was good. <laughs> it was very we'll good. Be, we'll be discussing that after we get done with this atrocity. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're so Just bear with us and hunker down for this synopsis <laughs> this and review. This movie is... It's good for its time, I guess. It, it's really good for its time. They tried to make another hack and slasher whodunit movie. Yeah. Which... I guess if it's the first time you've ever watched it, you wouldn't guess what's going on is what's going on until the end. Yeah. I mean, we knew who it was from the get-go because we've seen this movie, what, 40 million times? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah which is weird because we're trashing it so much. <laughs> this was so one of our times. favorites as kids. Yeah, it was. Um, well, I guess not really even kids. We were like in high school. Yeah, because I graduated in 11. Yeah, this movie came out my freshman year. Yep. So, I mean, we were teenagers, but this was one of our favorite movies. Um, plus, it's got uh, Jensen Ackles, um, Hala, Hot Hot. Uh. <laughs> yeah, we, we know Hayden's got a thing for him. Yeah, uh, he's fine. You know, he's, Hayden's only watched Supernatural series, what, eight times? Oh, God, no. I have a life. <laughs> um, I'd say about three or four. Yeah. The thing is about that series is you can watch watch through it probably. I've probably watched through it about four times, but I've slept through a lot of episodes. Yeah. I'm currently on my second run through of The Walking Dead because the 11th season came out on Netflix. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just that, not my... I, uh, the Walking... See, I'm, tr- I'm finding it really hard to get through season 10. That's where I stopped watching. I stopped watching midway through season 10 when The Whisperers got in the, into the mix. It's just so hard to watch when they get in there. I think I made it to like see. Really? Yeah, I I jumped mm. off that bandwagon pretty fast. Mm. Like it's so addicting up until like season up until like season ten and maybe even season nine. I want to say right around the time that they get to Alexandria is when it kind of starts being shitty. That's like the uh, sanctuary, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's like their safe haven that's got water and solar panels and shit yeah is that also the one where like the mayor or whatever the guy who's basically in charge has like zombies chained up oh yeah but that's not their place that's the that's the uh saviors the people that they're battling ah ah yeah yeah Yeah. that uh so i get i've made it farther than season three but i have never uh those are like just random episodes i've seen over at like your house when it was on yeah and it's it's just it's so I don't even, it's not boring per se, it's just so hard to sit down and watch 
after the whispers show up because it's so drawn out and long. So I'm trying really hard to get through season 10 so that I can start season 11. Because hopefully, because they're supposed to be doing the whole Commonwealth thing, and uh, I don't know if you've read the comics. No. Uh, I have. And the Commonwealth portion of the comics is bad <laughs> fucking ass. So I'm hoping that they do well with it. Really hoping they do well with it. But I Damn just... it, Carl! <laughs> Carl! Carl! Damn it! Um, fucking Carl! Okay, so, spoiler alert. You have, if you haven't seen The Walking Dead and you plan on uh, watching The Walking Dead, you have precisely ten seconds to um, skip over this part that I'm about to do. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, you now... If you're watching past this and you haven't seen it and you're you don't like spoilers, fuck you. You had your chance. Okay, Carl died. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> right? You know, he he had that coming. Yeah. Fucking got Dale killed. But yeah, he gets bit by a walker. Bastard. Yep. And then uh Rick, What episode is that? I'm not interested in getting back into the show, but I will watch that episode. Oh fuck, I don't know. It's when they're in the war with the savior. Uh so like season nine, I guess. I'm anyway, not, I'm not that dedicated to find it. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, my bloody Valentine. So I think we can safely assume that. Wait, we... wait, wait! One more shout out. I started a new. Well, I'm I'm currently in a new series, <coughs> which is connected to an old series that we both. You're we're, you're a little on the fence about. Like it's not one of your favorites, but you know you kind of like it, and I absolutely love the show. Is a uh, Bleach. Hmm. Okay. So that Bleach Thousand Year Blood War just came out this past month. Yeah. And it is phenomenal, in my opinion. We only have like 10 episodes right now. <laughs> uh, they're splitting it up into three different parts, I believe, is what I read. And uh, yeah, it actually gives... Like, you know how when we watched through that series the first time, we was like, why does the main character, Ichigo, get all of these powers? Yeah. Like, everything that he meets, he winds up being in some way, shape, or form. This one... Kind of ties it all together, along with giving him another power. So, anybody who wants to reach out on that one, it is definitely worth the watch. And so, I've got another thing that we need to discuss first and foremost. I didn't do it. Um, <laughs> no. Actually, I was turned on to a book that, um... God, why would you do that? Fuck you, I love reading. You don't like to read? Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm a Canadian now. Um... <laughs> So, um, I've actually been in contact with someone on the tweets, on the Twitter, and, uh, his name is, uh, Jake Bannerman, and he writes, uh, I don't know, I, I doubt you know him, but, um. I know a lot of people. <laughs> don't, uh. I don't, don't think he's even from Missouri. Well, that doesn't question. matter to you anyway. I've, I've, I've lived in all over this damn country. <laughs> but anyway, he writes horror books. And uh, I think I think he writes novels. He probably writes novellas and all kinds of stuff. But Jake Bannerman and I've been reading The Harvest, Family of Dog. Now I'm not finished with it yet. I will say that. But this book is good. Like this book is good. And um, like it's good. Good as an Ice Nine Kills song. Well, that's two different comparisons. Um, <laughs> like that's music versus books. Both horror. True. This is a very good book. I haven't finished it yet, but um, we will be talking about this book very soon. All right. Because um, Wait, do I have to read it? Send me the audiobook. 
<laughs> I don't think it's available on Audible. Well, then you better read it out loud and record yourself, because <laughs> no. well, let's just say you know and I know, unless it's absolutely necessary. <laughs> I don't read things. Oh, no, I got you. I got you. I know you don't read, but uh, I do, and uh, I will just basically go over this book, with because this book so far is phenomenal. I need to get I'm halfway yeah, through like it. it. The The thing says I'm at 50%. So, oh, yeah. it's a digital book? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dude, I don't fucking have time to buy hard Aiden, copies I thought of you, shit. I thought you were old school about some things, you know. And I mean, I would prefer to read hard copies of books, and I could have bought this as <clears> hard book or hard co- bleh, hardcover copy, but I really wanted to read it as soon as I got it, and I didn't want to wait for it to come into shipping, but... um, Yeah. I if I read it uh, if I read it we're gonna have to get a physical book because so here's the thing I actually might start like buying some of his books in hard copies and maybe even interview this motherfucker one time yeah, that'd be cool. yeah cause um he's talented he's really talented but anyway so Jake Bannerman uh the Harvest good with the words yeah good with those words motherfucker but um yeah. Jake Bannerman, The Harvest. Uh, so check, and he's got a lot of books. So check out his shit. And yeah, hell yeah, hell yes. I'll, I'll, I'll have to get back into read. Yeah, I think he's got some short stories too. I, I know you don't have much time on your hands. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Um, and hell, I don't know how this would happen, but I would be honored, honored to be the voice behind the reading of audible versions of these books. <laughs> oh, I bet you would. Yeah. I bet you would. Anyway, so uh, let's dive into this movie. Whew, here we go. It's a short pool, or it's a shallow pool. <laughs> Everybody make sure that you don't dive too hard because you're going to hit your head on the ground. Yeah. So this movie starts with a radio broadcast and police communications going back and forth. Um, through them, we kind of get like the recap of what happened. The old mine shaft, it collapsed, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. We learn that there has been a cave-in at the north side of Hanager Mine. Uh, eventually, rescue teams find six people in the shaft. <laughs> the shaft. Shaft. <laughs> uh, five of them are dead, and one of them, Harry Warden, is in a coma. The local papers are soon accusing Harry of having gone crazy and murdering the other five miners to prolong his air supply. And given the condition of some of the bodies, there is enough evidence to support this. <coughs> Exactly one year later on Valentine's Day, we see Harry's brain remembering the last few minutes. Good Lord. <laughs> Calm down, doggy. Um, exactly one year later on Valentine's Day, we see Harry's brain remembering the last few minutes before the collapse, which consists of him telling Tom, a.k.a. a Jansen Iacles, the son <laughs> of the boss, to not screw up and threatening him a little. Uh, something goes wrong, however, and soon everything is collapsing and Tom barely makes it out alive. Suddenly, Harry wakes up and looks around. Trying to bring his memory up to date, a nurse enters the room and before she can sound the alarm, gets killed by Harry. Now, it's very rare that someone will wake from a coma after a year. Very fucking rare. Yeah. Pretty sure that's only happened, like, maybe a handful of times. Once you're in a coma for more than, like, a month, you're you're basically written off as not going to wake up. Yeah. So that's already kind of meh, okay. He's dead. <laughs> yeah. You're pretty much a vegetable at that point. Yeah. So, Jokes um, on them. Very <laughs> much not a vegetable. <laughs> right. They are now. 
<laughs> so not long after, we see Sheriff Burke, Tom Atkins, um, and one of his deputies touring the hospital massacre scene. Uh, Which he went overboard. <laughs> this synopsis says, in parentheses at that, makes the Saw movies look like a Lassie film. Yeah. <laughs> It did. It does. It does. Overkill on the gore and the blood. Everywhere. Every fucking where. Yeah. So they enter Harry's room and see him missing and a nurse with her heart removed and on the counter beneath a message reading, Happy Valentine's Day. Fuckers. (laughs) And are soon given chase, uh, figuring that he'd head to the mine. Meanwhile, over at said mine... A big senior party is in full swing for the high school set. Uh, one of the kids, Axel, and that's played by Kerr Smith, uh, is making out with his girlfriend Irene, played by Betsy Rue, while waiting for her friend Sarah to Irene. <laughs> Although Axel isn't really excited since uh, she'll be bringing Tom in all likelihood. Sure enough, Sarah, Jamie King, uh, does arrive with Tom, and the boys are naturally cool towards each other. Axel and Irene head into the mine with Axel telling her that he doesn't trust Tom as Sarah and Tom hang back a second. So this actually kind of foreshadows uh, a little bit of some something that Axel doesn't trust Tom for good fucking reason. Well, at this point in time, he has no reason to not trust Tom. Yeah, I mean, at this point in time, Tom's not fucking psycho. <clears throat> yeah, you know, it's... <laughs> So, Tom reassures Sarah that he's fine with being there, and they go in. Uh, the foursome splits up, as one does in a haunted house. Well, Tom wound up not even going in. Yeah, Tom didn't go in. At first, anyway. Yeah. And Sarah is soon lost. She calls out for Tom and is surprised by some kids named Jason. By some kid named Jason. Um, he calls for his buddy, but instead gets pickaxed from behind by Harry, and it's so... <laughs> this was one of the 3D attempts. Yeah, and it like, goes through his head and his eyeballs at the end of the pick. Yeah, and, and it's just, it's overkill. It's really yeah. overkill. That's all you can really say about it. Overanimated. It, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, oh, Lord. This movie is about as cringeworthy as they come. Oh, for sure. So Sarah screams and she runs, you know, like they do, but Harry has already been uh, through and he has basically killed everyone already. She runs into Axel and Irene, and the three of them hide just as Jason's friend comes up. Uh, the friend inadvertently reveals them before getting killed, and the trio heads for the front entrance. They pass Tom and drag him along, but Tom trips on some wires and gets abandoned. Axel uh, shoves the girls into his car despite Sarah's attempts to get to Tom, just as Harry throws a pickaxe at them, uh, which comes within centimeters of impaling Sarah going through the truck's windshield. Yeah. Would that happen? That could happen. That could happen? That could happen. Okay. A lot of force and a lot of luck, because there's no way you can chuck a pickaxe accurately from that distance. I mean, the odds of it actually going through the windshield and getting that close to her face, without I mean, that's... You're talking about millions to one odds. Yeah. So they back out of their... They back out of the, like, drive thing... Just as Burke and his deputy arrive, uh, the two of them shoot at Harry just before he can kill Tom, and Harry heads deeper into the mine as Burke and the deputy give chase. I didn't think... Is that right? I don't think that's right. Yeah, that's right. I didn't think that the deputy and everything showed up yet. Yeah. I thought that uh, 
Harry was just distracted by throwing the pickaxe at the at the truck and everything that Tom was able to run into the mines. And then it just showed the sheriff and deputy chasing in the mines after they had already made their way in. No, so they shoot at him outside and uh they run they run in or he runs in and they run in after him and then they shoot him supposedly dead. But uh he gets up and runs deeper into the mine. Yeah. And then they give chase to him and then we go to ten years later. Ten years later. Yeah. And Jensen Ackles looks suspiciously the same as he did ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you from but from uh from eighteen to twenty eight, I changed a lot. Yeah. And they did fuck, why are you yachting? You started it. <laughs> they did absolutely nothing with makeup to try to make him look younger. Like nothing. 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 Or makeup to make makeup to make him look older. Yeah. Either way. They tr- they tried none. Yeah. I don't think they aged any of the characters, really. No, I don't really think they did. Except for Axel. Yeah. <laughs> So ten years later, we enter in on now Sheriff Axel having lunch in a diner while watching an interview of himself on TV regarding the ten-year anniversary of the Valentine's Day Massacre, during which he loudly and profanely tells the reporter to essentially get a life and uh, basically to fuck off. (laughs) One of the customers, who is minor Ben Foley, played by Kevin Ty, starts sarcastically congratulating Axel about the interview (laughs) <laughs> and telling him that he made everybody from the town look like a bunch of big dumb hicks. Yeah, he's like, you made us all look like an inbred mining town. And then Axel goes, we are a inbred mining town. <laughs> yeah. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm just trying not to hide what the town really is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so one of his deputies comes in. Uh, his name's Martin. He's <laughs> played by uh, Eddie Gathagy. Uh He comes in and pulls him out to work. As he's driving, Axel gets a call from his wife, Sarah, and that is the same Sarah from 10 years ago. And they talk for a few minutes before she gets back to work at her job, uh, which is at a local grocery store. That she owns. Yeah, well, her parents own. What the fuck did you just drop? Well, I I thought her parents had passed away. Did they? Yeah, I think she owns it now. Mm. So a little later, we see Axel uh, pulled up outside his dad's cabin, and we see that inside he is having sex with uh, Sarah's co-worker, Megan, played by Megan Boone. She tries to give him a box of Valentine's chocolates with a note that says, Be mine forever. And he accepts as graciously as a married man wanting to keep a secret could. <laughs> yeah. And then he's, then it's good. I didn't get you nothing. <laughs> oh, but you did. I'm pregnant. <laughs> His face changed so fast. <laughs> So not far away, we go, we pan over, and we see Tom looking out over the mine, watching the workers do their thing. Uh, that night, he goes over to Ben's house and is told that they're not selling until Monday, which Tom is less than pleased with. For good reason. Yeah. Ben says that Tom's dad would be disappointed that Tom is selling the mine, but Tom doesn't really give a shit. Uh, he just wants to sell the place and get back out of town. He goes to a motel... Uh, and grabs a room from the hotel manager, um, inadvertently passing a room where he sees Irene and a trucker having very loud sex. That's an understatement. Yeah. Like, they're just going to fucking pound town. Yeah. And it's in the room right next to his. So, as Tom tries to shut them out, Irene and the trucker finish up. 
Irene, who is completely naked, by the way, starts uh, waxing philosophic about Valentine's Day. Like, she is getting into detail, like, how Valentine's Day came about. Uh, <clears throat> and basically, it was from the Romans. The males were randomly assigned secret sex slaves for the next year by pulling the girls' names out of a hat or something like that. I can't really remember exactly yeah, what it was. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Either way, yeah. it, it involved women being sex slaves, so... And uh, Frank totally does not give a shit, like, at all. He's well, he, rolling his eyes. He's married, too. Yeah. He's, and, just, uh, he's just hooking up with Irene. <laughs> yeah, and he's essentially just trying to um, pull his camera out of the bag and do it discreetly, but she notices that he was taping the whole sex scene, and then he throws money at Irene, calling her a whore. After she says, I'm not a whore. Yeah, she goes, I'm not a fucking whore. And he shows the money and then flicks it at her and says, you are now. <laughs> yep. So Irene throws the money at the door, goes into her bathroom, and grabs a gun from under the sink. She walks into the parking lot, still naked, by the way, Yeah, she but ass naked. She doesn't get clothed. Like, literally, she's only clothed in the first scene, before, the first ten, before the ten-year marker. Yeah, so. yeah, that's the only time she has clothes on. Uh, and demands the tape from Frank, who calls her bluff by pointing out the lack of bullets. He's like, I know this gun ain't loaded. In turn, makes her gun useless, except for the fact that she chucks it like a fucking projectile at his face. Yeah, I mean, she went all fucking like, uh, I mean, she she was like an MLB pro pitcher with that freaking thing. Yeah, she was. Uh, he curses at her and then opens the truck door and immediately gets pickaxed by a guy in a minor outfit. Right in the top of the bald dome. Yeah, right in, right in the bald dome. And it did not look real at all. No. Not in the slightest. <laughs> and so Irene screams, still butt-ass naked, by the way, and <laughs> runs for the phone in the office, just barely getting through to the cops before moving to hide into the manager's room, and she gets under the bed. I didn't think she got a hold of the cops. Yeah, they answered, but he was coming. Uh, so she gets under the bed, and uh, just as the miner enters the room... He looks around but doesn't see her in the closet and is about to leave before the manager starts calling out for her pug dog. And she comes in like, Oh, you're in trouble, you're in trouble. Hiding in the closet again. Yeah, hiding again. in the closet again. And then she goes to look in the closet and is immediately pickaxed through half of her body and into the overhead lights. Yeah. This is when Irene does the dumb shit that all people hiding in horror movies does. And she lets out a squeal, and I don't know how the fuck he heard that between having the minor mask on and the shattering of a light, but he did. Uh, so he runs, or he go walks over to the bed and pulls on her leg, and uh, she kicks the shit out of him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. Then he, like, flips the fucking mattress off of the bed and uh, goes basically after her again. She fends him off. Then he goes to get his pickaxe. Yeah, he goes and gets his pickaxe. And while she, while he's doing this, wasting all kinds of time, instead of trying to run away, what does she do? She, she gets. She pulls the bed frame up to hold in front of her. Yeah, like it's gonna be a shield of some sort. Yeah, and it's it's like a bed frame with it's the, an older style. Yeah, with fucking holes in it all over the place, and it, it's like a chain link fucking bed frame. Yeah. Hey, bitch. The dude has a fucking pickaxe. Honey, I'm sorry. You're going to die. You're going to die. 
And you have no one to blame but yourself at this point. Yeah, like, use it as a shield. Like, push it into his ass. Yeah. Yeah, knock him down or something. That's a, yeah. None of these victims went on the offensive. Yeah, they all went on defense mode, and she could have easily gotten out of there. Yeah. If she hadn't have given him room to swing, like if she'd have just pushed and kept pushing at him, she could have knocked him down and gotten out of there. Yeah. But nope. What does she do? The dumb choice. Yeah. She backs herself into a fucking wall and he pickaxes through, missing her a few times, and then goes directly for the stomach and gets her. I thought he went directly <laughs> through her heart. No, she got gutted. And then got a pickaxe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So not long after that, Axel and all of his uh, deputies? Yeah, that's the word I'm looking yeah. for. Yep, yep, yep. Deputies are there, including Deputy Martin and Ferris. Um, they look around at the mutilated bodies and discover something missing. Irene's heart. They check the guest log and find that Tom's name as the last person who registered for a room. <clears throat> the investigation continues into the next day when Axel gets a valentine from a secret admirer, and inside of it is Irene's heart. Meanwhile, we pan over to Sarah at the store. She is working the register when Tom comes up to her wanting to get together with her and talk things out. Although she is less than willing to, what, I mean, she's married, so (coughs) why would she want to talk to a former love interest? I don't know. She's married, but she's not happily. Right, yeah. And, uh. They yeah. all, none of them seem happily married. None of them seem... Yeah. So that night, as Axel investigates and Sarah works, we see Tom getting into a bar fight with all the miners who will now be out of work once the mine closes. And he just walks in and they start beating the shit out of him. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's kind of funny, actually. Yeah, they, they don't give him much chance to explain, which, I mean, to be quite honest, if I was in his shoes, I'd want to just sell, too. Well, see, for some reason, it seems like they all think that he had something to do with the murders. Yeah, they from said 10 that fucking years ago. Yeah, they said that, but then then it's <coughs> like, how can how can you guys even think that he was a victim of the situation? Yeah, and he points that out. He's like, "You all just want to blame me for something that happened a fucking decade ago," and yeah. I don't understand how they rationalize that. But you know, whatever. So Foley and Burke step in, and Burke tells Tom to get out of there since he is unwilling to save Tom's life a third time. Um, Later that night, Sarah is putting her and Tom's son, Noah, to bed and sending their house sitter, Nora. Wait, who and who's? Later that night, Sarah is putting her and... Why does it say Tom's? Typo. Typo, or is it bum bum bum? Oh, (laughs) shit. So later that night, Sarah is putting her and Axel's son, Noah, to bed. and That was a good catch, actually. I was, I'm listening. Uh, Sending their house sitter, Nora, home when she hears Axel watching the tape from the hotel. (laughs) Which is essentially a porno. Yeah, it's it's basically a porno. He tells her what happened and mentions how Tom is a suspect and some people are saying that Harry Warden is back (coughs) from the dead. Uh, When he tells, when she tells him that Tom spoke to her earlier at the store, he cautions her and tells her to call him if Tom tries to get in touch with her again. Because oh, we left a part out. What? So after she sent uh her maid or whatever home, she got into her lockbox. Oh yeah, and pulls out the uh picture. Yeah, that was taken on the night that they yeah. all went into the mine ten yep. years ago. It's a picture of her and uh Tom. Yeah. And of course Axel has it and he's, you know, 
confronting her about it, basically, and he just says, you need to stay away from Tom, uh, he's a suspect here, and then he shows that he can see Tom on the tape, and so he wants her to call him if Tom ever tries to get in contact with her again. Spoiler, spoiler alert, <clears throat> she doesn't. No, she doesn't. The next morning, Sarah is opening the store when Tom pops up behind her. Uh, they take a brief walk, and Sarah explains that she can't be with Tom because he spent the last 10 years running. She leaves him and he heads up to the mine, determined to talk to Ben and tell him that he's not going to sell the mine and he is staying. <clears throat> he is told that Ben is currently in Tunnel 3 and after being outfitted, is driven down there by a guy named Red. Uh, and Red is the one who uh, started the bar fight with him. Yeah, and essentially <gasps> broke his hand on a mirror. Yeah. So they stop at the main intersection and Red rings 3... As Tom heads to some electrical equipment behind the, a chain link door, uh, the miner appears and shoves him in there, and he turns and sees the miner, which terrifies him into silence. The miner gestures with his pickaxe for him to be quiet, and then wedges the lock shut. Yep. The miner turns and heads for Red, who manages to see him and fights him off. As over the phone, the other miners hear his shouts and start converging. The miner gets Red. Red almost had him. Oh yeah, Red almost fucked him up. So the miner gets the upper hand and drives the pickaxe through Red's forehead, uh, and then just keeps on fucking swinging and swinging and swinging. But he then disappears and is in and like the miners start coming through. Uh, this is when essentially they see Tom in the fucking lock cage or whatever. Give me the fuck out of here. Yeah, he's like, give me the fuck out of here. And uh, they're like, what did you do? And it's like, he's like, I'm, I'm locked in a fucking cage. What do you think I did? I had to watch. Yeah. Uh, but it turns out he really didn't. <laughs> they head up and they snap the lock open and Tom is taken to a hospital where he gets stitched up while telling his story to Axel, who doesn't believe a word of it since he knows Harry Warden is dead. Ben, who was struck who is stuck in Tunnel 3, finally arrives and Axel reveals that he knows what Harry and the sheriff and the other town fathers did with Harry. Uh, mm -hmm. Namely, that he uh, namely dispatch him vigilante style and bury him in the woods. Less than two hours later, Axel, Sarah, and Martin, and Tom, and Ben, and Burke are hiking through the woods towards Harry's gravesite. So all these motherfuckers are going out to this gravesite. Did this happen before or after the interrogation? Um, no, this happened before the interrogation. Okay. So um, they get to the gravesite, and it's fucking empty, obviously. Ba -ba -ba -ba. Yeah. Which kind of added a supernatural effect to it, because at that point in time, at the first time you watch it, you're like, oh my god, he came back from the dead. Yeah. He's Jason Voorhees. <laughs> key, 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 ma, ma, ma. So, back at the police station, Axel is interrogating Tom, but Tom is sticking to his story and saying that he's probably going to stay in town for good this time. Oh, he starts intimidating the fuck out of Axel. Yeah, and talking about Sarah and shit. Yeah, he's like, you know she just settled with you, right? Yeah, <laughs> you know she just settled with you, right? So, Axel gets upset and starts throwing stuff around but uh, and starts, like, wailing on Tom. But Martin breaks it up, and Tom is let go because the uh, miners corroborated his story that he was locked in a fucking cage. Yeah. Yeah. Lawsuit. So. <laughs> Lawsuit. He's going to own the mine and the police station. Yeah. Fuck this place. He owns the main 
He owns the main money supply <laughs> and the law? <laughs> Shit. That's his town. <laughs> so that night, we see Tom hanging around the mines after dark. He approaches the exterior tu- entrance to Tunnel 5. Uh, he looks inside and sees nothing. He steps back outside, but the door doesn't close all the way, and it cra- and it creaks open again. To which, this is the point where, Goblin, you were like, shut the door, were you raised in a barn? Oh, oh, wait, you were raised in a mine. You were raised in a mine. You <laughs> motherfucker. He stares back at it, but before he can do anything further, he sees the miner watching him from the forest. The pickaxe gets pointed at him, but the miner simply run or turns and walks away. Uh, Tom gives chase and eventually is led to Axel's cabin, of all places. His love shack. Yeah. Love shack. So Tom goes into the open door and looks around. Meanwhile, uh, Ben is drunk at home. And playing with a shotgun. Yeah, that's a great combo. Yeah. It's unloaded. Uh, he hears someone knocking on his door, and then he yells, gets up, and then loads the shotgun. Yeah. One of the most pointless shotguns ever made. Yeah. It's like a double-barrel shotgun, but... It's the over-under style. Yeah, over-under style. It's fucking pointless. <laughs> you, you can't shoot that bottom one accurately. Period. Yeah. Cautiously, he looks around outside but sees nothing and laughs it off, cursing Harry for making him jump at shadows. He goes back inside and unloads the gun just as Harry, quote-unquote, the miner, uh, steps out from the shadows. Ben turns and manages to get the shotgun up to defend against the axe. The shotgun gets batted away, but Harry misses again as Ben rolls and the axe goes into the floor. Uh, Pointy end up. Which yeah. I think was Harry's plan. Yeah, I think he was he was wanting him to have to fight for his life. Yeah, so Harry manages to get his hands around Ben, and after some more struggling, he picks him up, pushes his eye towards the pointy end of the pickaxe, and just curb stomps the shit out of him, driving the pickaxe through him. Yeah, it was uh, yeah another uh, gore porn scene. <laughs> yeah. We pan over to the station, and we see Axel getting more and more frustrated. Uh, especially since both Tom and Ben are missing in action. Uh, when they get, then they get a call saying that Ben is dead. Axel orders Ferris over to his house to watch the kid and him and Martin head over to Harry's to check things out there. Meanwhile, Megan and Sarah are busy closing up at the grocery store when they hear a noise up front. After verifying that Megan did indeed lock the front door, they check it out and see that the door is still locked and that no one is there. Another noise sounds from in the back, and they start looking up the aisle. <clears throat> Just barely missing seeing Harry in the back, and it's like one of those, like, uh, they're in the shadows type scenes, you know? Yeah. Uh, this 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 part is probably one of my favorite utilizations of uh, weaponry. Yeah. They split up, and Harry, and Harry, and Sarah goes up the freezer aisle and is attacked by Harry. He puts his axe in one of the freezers and starts trying to get her, but she manages to hit him with, so this says the leg of a lamb, but I'm pretty sure that was a fucking fish. Looked like a fish to me. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was a mackerel. She hit him with a damn fish. <laughs> he chases her, but is distracted by Megan attacking him with a mop. <laughs> the two girls run to the loading area and into the office pursued by Harry and his axe. They shove a few things against the door as he tries to get through, and Megan starts trying to unlock the exterior screen so that they can escape through the window while Sarah quickly calls the cops. 
She gets it open and is halfway out the door before they realize Harry has gone away from the door that he's been shining. And I mean that by the movie The Shining. Here's Johnny. I'm gonna pickaxe my way through this fucking door. Yeah. So, um, Sarah tries to pull Megan back in, but Harry gets to her first and pulls her out. Sarah gets back out of the office and heads for the front door, where Axel is just outside. Suspicious! Yeah, no joke, bro. You ain't helping your case. <laughs> he pulls her out, and they head around uh, the corner to find Megan's body filleted uh, with her heart missing and the words, Be mine forever, scrawled in blood over her body. And that's important for later. A little later, Sarah is being treated by an ambulance team and is about to be taken to a hospital when she tells Axel that she knows that he and Megan were sleeping together. We pan over and we see things unfolding pretty much normally at the Palmer household with Noah watching cartoons and Nora doing laundry until Harry sneaks up behind Nora and makes quick work of her and just annihilates. They didn't even waste any time with that. No, no, none at all. Like none. And I, I want to just point out right now that this movie started at 100 and stayed at 100. Yeah, which makes it pretty predictable. Yeah, I don't like that. I like a buildup. Pacing, guys. Come on, pacing. They don't know. <laughs> there, there's got to be pacing. Otherwise, the, the movie is just kind of boring. Even though it's like action-packed and filled with deaths and shit, it's just boring if there's no pacing. There's no character development, no nothing. Not a damn thing. Yeah. So outside, Ferris is in her car almost asleep when Burke knocks on the window and tells her that Harry is inside. And this is where we find out that Ferris and Burke are both little bitches because they both have fucking guns and Harry has a fucking pickaxe. So Farrah takes point uh, very reluctantly, by the way. Like, do you want to... She goes up to Burke and she says, do you want to go in first? And he's like, I'm retired. It, like, it's taking them 20 minutes to get into the fucking house. You both have guns. What the fuck? <laughs> that is... <laughs> so, Ferris takes point and finds Noah crouching behind the couch, and she goes over to the washing machine, or, well, it's the dryer, and uh, finds Nora's dead fucking corpse in the dryer. Uh, Burke is outside trying to secure the porch. Uh, I don't know why he's trying to secure the porch. Just get inside. Be you know, stick together kind of thing. But no, we're going to split up, you know, like dumbasses do in horror movies. Uh, he reaches over, or he looks over the banister to see the, like, miner's light, and it's just sitting there on something. I can't even, I don't even remember what it was sitting on. Uh, but then he turns around and he gets axed in the face. Yeah, that happened. And it was kind of gruesome because the axe goes through the bottom of his, like, chin and then goes out his mouth. Are you alive over there? Yeah. <laughs> so we pan over to the hospital, and Sarah is getting her wounds bandaged uh, when she gets a call. She answers and hears Tom on the other end telling her not to trust Axel and that he found something that he needs to show her. He picks her up from the hospital just as Axel gets a call from Martin uh, regarding something about Tom. As Tom is driving Sarah up to the mine and stressing how he is sure that Axel is doing all of the killings, Sarah gets a call from Axel. Tom tells her not to answer, but she does. And Axel tells her that Martin found out Tom was in a mental institution for seven years. He tells her to try to get away and then call him, and they quickly hang up. She tries to tell Tom to stop, and when he doesn't, uh, she grabs the wheel and yanks it so hard that the car 
impales itself on an overturned tree branch. Tom gets knocked out momentarily. Which, which by the way, that was a super sweet Bronco. <laughs> that was a super sweet Bronco. So Tom gets knocked out momentarily and Sarah escapes. She calls Axel and he tells her to go to his dad's old cabin, the one that Tom was at earlier. Uh, she gets there just as Tom finally crawls out of the car and inside she finds about 300 heart-shaped candy boxes and one miner trying to kill her. She, it, shit happens. Yeah, you know, shit happens. She runs to the front door but can't get it open, so she goes with the option of diving out a second-story window onto the slopping wet roof and running from there to the mine. <laughs> so at the mine, Sarah runs into uh, the wide-open Tunnel 5 entrance and heads into a locker room where she quickly gets lost among the maze of falling miner outfits. The miner shows up and starts hacking through them, and she goes out of the other end and into the mine deeper. Uh, she runs throughout the tunnels and runs into Axel. He st- she steals his gun and tells him about the boxes. But he thinks, at first, that she's just talking about the one from Megan and is confused when she points out the other 300. Tom comes out a side tunnel, and she points the gun at him, too. Although both are saying the other is the killer, Axel suggests that uh, shooting them both would be the best possible solution. And uh, this right here should tell you that uh, Axel is not the killer. So he basically says for them, or for her, to shoot them both. And that should tell you right then and there that uh, he's not the killer. Yeah. Because, you know, the, the killer's not going to suggest shooting them both. So uh, that's when it became very obvious who wasn't. The other one's like, no, 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 this guy, Axel needs help. Yeah. So, and uh, Sarah seems like she's about ready to do it when Tom points out that uh, "Be mine forever." The message over Megan's body was the same as what she wrote to Axel. Sarah stops breathing and slowly asks Tom how he would know about that since she didn't tell him. Before yeah. he can answer, he shouldn't have even. Or he shouldn't have even known that Megan was dead. Yeah. Like, not at all. So before he can answer, he sees Harry behind Sarah and tries to warn her, but she doesn't believe him, and Harry walks right through her. She tells him that Harry isn't there, and Axel realizes that he is there, but inside of Tom. And we now see Tom digging up Harry's body, this is a flashback, and taking off the outfit after doing each of the killings, and attacking Irene, and seeing Harry in the mirror, uh... Axel asks Harry if that's right, and he says, are you yeah. living inside Tom's mind? Yeah. So Tom grins and says, oh yeah, uh, before attacking Axel full on. The t- and Axel is like, I fucking knew it. <laughs> I'm about to die, but I fucking knew it. Yeah. The two struggle, and Axel gets a pickaxe uh, through the gut, and it doesn't actually kill him. Um, yeah, I thought he died. For- yeah, he didn't. But it's like, you had a shovel. You could have easily killed him if you weren't trying to do such cool fucking moves with it. Like, yeah. you would still be alive, Tom would be dead, and it would all be over. But that's not how this is going to go, because he wanted to do some crazy cool shit with a shovel. Yep. Yeah. So, Sarah... No- <laughs> yeah. Sarah knocks Tom into some old crates, and she and Axel run. Uh, they hide behind a corner like they did ten years ago. Look like the same corner. It, I think it was. I think it was like, uh, like a homage or whatever to it deja vu yeah so tom gets it together and starts running for them knocking out lights as he goes and this was actually pretty cool yeah because as he hits the lights it flashes to the to harry in the minor yeah and it was a pretty cool scene 
So Axel gives Sarah his gun and says there's one bullet in it and tells her not to miss. She waits until Tom is right by some gas tanks and then fires. The bullet hits home and it goes directly through Tom's stomach and it goes right through and hits the tanks and it makes... I think it just like clipped his side. Yeah, yeah, it, it just clipped his side. So it hits the tanks and it makes them start spewing gas. And then they ex- explode. Yeah, they explode due to the sparks coming from the lights that he had just smashed. Which is actually pretty accurate. Those oxygen yeah. tanks were. Yeah. Uh, and it appears to be over. So sometime later, we see a bunch of miners searching the rubble for any survivors. One guy thinks he sees something uh, and heads on ahead. <coughs> he starts talking to the victim he found, and it's Tom, and telling him he'll be okay. Tom stares at the guy, seemingly not comprehending and then he picks up a pickaxe and drives it through the guy's skull, and we see this from, like, the perspective. First person. Yeah, first person. Um, Which, by the way, is extremely inaccurate for the end of the movie. I'm not going to spoil it. I will point it out at the uh, He picks up the pickaxe and drives it through the guy's skull. Outside, Sarah and Axel are being brought out, and uh, Axel is being headed to the hospital. Uh, He's on a stretcher, and they tell each other that they love each other, as Martin approaches, he asks them what happened to Tom, and they tell him that Tom is dead. Wrong. Yeah, as the ambulance drives away, the rescue team comes out, all accounted for. Uh, they start to disperse, heading their des- their separate ways, and one of them pauses at the top of the hill for a look around. One, he's limping up the hill. Yeah. He takes off his mask and glances around, and it's Tom. Tom nods satisfied, and then he heads off into the forest. Roll credits. Roll credits, that's the movie. Okay, so now I'm going to point it out. Go for it. So, when he stabs the rescue miner person, he stabs him right through the eye hole. Yeah. When he is walking out and walking up the hill, the eye hole is perfectly fine. Oh, yeah, the miner's mask didn't have a hole in it. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So, having seen the movie and having talked about the movie, what'd you think? (laughs) It's kind of garbage. Like, the only reason it's watchworthy is because of... Yeah. And they should have known that those tanks weren't... The only thing that kills Dean Winchester is a rusty nail. (laughs) Yeah. The only thing that can kill Dean Winchester is a rusty nail. Not even God himself (laughs) can kill Dean Winchester. So there is this this kind of uh, little fun fact uh, in this movie. Uh, There's a flyer on the wall in the sheriff's office... uh, that indicates Valentine's Day is Saturday the 14th. So that would mean that the previous day was Friday the 13th. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah. He is Jason. <laughs> so um, there is an alternate version of this movie uh, in Germany. Despite it being released uncut in theaters, most DVD and Blu-ray releases had to be cut by two minutes to retain uh, the FSK 18 rating. I don't know what that... I guess that's the R rating... In uh, Germany? Yeah, possibly. Uh, I don't really know. I, I'm just agreeable. <laughs> so they had to cut about two minutes total of the movie just to give it the uh, R-rated version of Germany. So to make it less garbage? Uh, it's still garbage. I d- yeah. I mean, the movie is very garbage. Sorry to anybody who likes the movie. There, <laughs> I know there's people out there, and they probably they probably live in the psycho's kitchen. But uh, I don't know what it is about this movie. It's always... I've wa- we've watched it so many times that you'd think that we'd love it. Right. So um, another little fun fact is this is the first ever R-rated movie in the USA that was in 3D. Yeah. 
It was. Yep. Huh. Yeah. Right along there with Spy Kids. Spy Kids wasn't, but <laughs> yeah, it should have been. So, <laughs> um, so Jensen Ackles, uh, is in this movie. Obviously, the supernatural star and his co-star Jared Padalecki, uh. They both starred in remakes of 1980s horror films uh, in 2009. So they were both in horror movies in 2009 that were remakes. Uh, Jensel, Jensel, uh, Jensen was in this film, and Pedalecki starred in the 2009 remake of Friday the 13th. That was in 2009 that that came out? Yeah. That was more recent? Nope, 2009. We're old. So there was also an both episode... Garbage. So there was also an episode titled My Bloody Valentine uh, on the... TV series Supernatural hinting to, to this. It was? Yep. <laughs> uh, the film was shot in Pennsylvania because it allowed the production crew to take advantage of the state's tax incentives of filmmaking. Wow. Yeah. Keep uh, <laughs> <laughs> skates. <laughs> yep. So that's that, huh? So that's that. So... Oh, God, our next one better be a banger because this one sucks. So now that we have watched this movie, what do you think its budget was? $15 and a pack of juice. I thought you were about to be spot fucking on. $15 million. <laughs> yep. $15 million. Now, what do you think it made in its opening weekend in U.S. and Canada? Okay, so here's the thing. I I know that there was like... A, they. I remember back in the day... God, I hate that. <laughs> uh, this was a heavily advertised movie. Very. There was a lot of people that wanted to watch it. Yep. Uh, So, opening weekend... <clears throat> I'm going to say it made at least 11 million. You are totally wrong. Did it go way over? Way the fuck over. This movie opening 25 weekend, million. You're closer with that one. But this movie in its opening weekend in US and Canada made 21.2 million dollars. Yeah. I assumed this one did good because yeah. like I said it was heavily advertised, heavily saturated. First 3D horror movie. Yeah. I mean, it had all the makings to be phenomenal. And back but, in 2009, this was considered, like, good. Yeah. And they probably showed it. Oh, fuck yeah. The you theater, know they did. So, Can't know. be a horror movie without boobies. Yeah, but in theaters, you know, they censored that a lot. A lot of times they put it, like, you didn't get the full frontal. Yeah. So what do you think it made worldwide altogether? I'm going to say upwards to $95 million. <laughs> it, So It tanked, didn't it? It tanked outside of the U.S. and Canada, didn't it? Fuck no, it did not. Oh, it, it did it exceed what I just said? Oh, yeah. So, in DVD sales, theater sales, and everything gross in the entire world, this movie made $100.7 million. That's some shit. <laughs> yeah. This movie did fantastic. Bastards. Yeah. And it only has two and a half star rating. Yeah. Fun fact. Yeah. So it released uh, January 18th, 2009. I'm going to look up the Rotten Tomatoes. The Rotten Tomatoes? It's my bloody vibe. Yeah. So opening weekend, this movie was number three in the box office. Oh, yeah. I'm, I mean, like I said, it was. Okay, so this one, I feel bad for calling it garbage. Now. It only got a two a 2.5 star, you say? Yeah. But it got a 61% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, wow. And a 44% audience. So, I mean, that sounds low because it's below half. But to be quite honest, anything over, like, a 35% audience is usually a pretty top, pretty good top-rated film. Yeah. So and this um, is a 100,000-plus rating. Right. 
So I'm going to give you a list of some of the movies that were in theaters at this time that uh, released around January 21st or January 18th, 2009. Okay? You just want to make us feel old or? No. Keep in mind, My Bloody Valentine was number three. Okay? And here are some of the movies that were in theaters. Paul Blart Mall Cop. That movie's great. Gran Torino. Oh my gosh. The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Wait, wait, wait. I want to pause right there. Uh, you said that uh, My Bloody Valentine was three. Yeah. I guarantee Gran Torino was one or two. <laughs> Hold on. So, uh, The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. I don't really. Marley and Me. Ooh, Adam Sandler's Bedtime Stories. And Twilight. Twilight did number. So, which ones do you think were ahead of My Bloody Valentine? Uh. Gran Torino and Twilight. Incorrect. It was Gran Torino and Paul Blart Mall Cop. Are you for real? Yeah. My Bloody Valentine beat fucking Twilight. Gosh, Twilight was like a global phenomenon. Yeah. My Bloody Valentine beat Twilight. It didn't beat Twilight in uh, gross sales. Oh, uh, no. No. Because, like, My Bloody Valentine, all it really sold was... I mean, they maybe have made some figurine sales of, like, the minor guy. But other than that, really, all they had to sell was the DVD and, yeah, all you know, movies. <clears throat> I mean, Twilight grossed $407 million. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's disgusting money they made off those shiny vampires. <laughs> now, I don't necessarily know how long Twilight had been in theaters whenever this movie came out. Well, let's see. They said it was out in the same weekend. It it was out in the same weekend, but that doesn't mean it released that weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah I get what. You're... So yeah, so Twilight was released in November twenty on November twenty first, two thousand eight. So Twilight was on its way out of the theaters when they released. Man, they kept movies in theaters for a long time back then. <laughs> right. Now it's like wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. Pick up a fucking postcard on your way out. Yeah, it's now on streaming services. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some of them are on streaming services before they make it out of theaters. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that that the movie we did the did an episode on a while back that that we went and seen in theaters that Terrorizer Terrifier or yeah Terrifier two yeah I think that was in on streaming services before it was even in theaters it might have been I don't that, remember that movie was terrible too I loved that movie <laughs> I I loved it because it you know it is what it is but yeah I think they should have just you know unfortunately we actually didn't um get to uh do a podcast episode on that really we we did a uh a live podcast of it on twitch yeah we did didn't we yeah yeah so that wasn't released on our actual podcast unfortunately oh well yeah oh well it it was good yeah i love that if you like the classics i laughed my ass off at that movie (laughs) yeah so crazy thing is we would have missed like the some of the some of the crazy terrible gore if we would have just left whenever we thought the movie was over on a scale of one to ten how scary would zero. you rate this film zero. Zero? Negative one actually no there's nothing no. scary about a guy with a pickaxe i'll give it a one just cause that's a pity one <laughs> yeah it, it really is <laughs> that is a pity one yeah it, it, it really you is. are lying to yourself <laughs> <laughs> all right so now it's time for us to talk about the Scream Six trailer. This looks like it could. It they're promise. It looks almost like they're promising us 
the best ghost face that's ever existed. Yeah, and it, it breaks a uh, long-standing tradition of horror films. Do you know what that is? Hmm. So whenever they go into the gas station at the very beginning of the uh, of the trailer, that should be safe zone now. Because whenever you go in a horror movie, whenever you go, other than fucking Jason Takes Manhattan... Um, There's nowhere safe in that. <laughs> whenever people go into public areas, they're safe for the rest of that scene in almost every horror movie ever made. Eh, what about the hospital in Scream 5? It's not public. I mean, I mean, it's a public area, but it's not heavily trafficked at that point because it's nighttime. Which is awkward. Yeah. Because like, hospitals are 24-7. Yeah, the only person that's really in there is the security guy that gets killed. Yeah, which, like I said, is awkward. Yeah, and very inaccurate. Yeah, because even at nighttime, the hallways are lit up. The only things, that, if people want to go to sleep, they shut their lights off in their room. Yeah, like the, I, I've slept overnight at a hospital before, and... um. A lot of foot traffic. Yeah, lots of foot traffic, especially at night. Yeah. There's a lot of fucking foot traffic at night. Well, yeah, you think people don't die at night? <laughs> right. But uh, when you go into a public area, like it, when you get to a gas station with a bunch of people in it, that's safety. That is supposed to mark safety in horror movies. But this fucking ghost face just walks right the fuck in there and goes stabby stab. Yeah. And it's fucking great. Goes all berserker on their asses. Yeah. And then... He gets shot with a shotgun, uh, but he disappears, and then the guy looks up at the mirror on the wall who shot him, the gas station owner, and he's behind him. So he goes to, like, turn around to shoot him, but Ghostface grabs the fucking shotgun, stabs him in the chest, and then just bats him the fuck away, taking the shotgun from him, and then just blows his brains out. Yeah. By the way, also... First time we've seen Ghostface actually wielding a gun. I mean, that's not technically... Well, as Ghostface. As yeah. Ghostface, that's what I'm saying. The only time you see the see Ghostface wield a gun is after it's done been revealed who it is. That's true, yeah. Yep, you're right, you're right. And it's a shotgun. Yeah, I don't think we've ever seen him use a shotgun. Yeah, first ever on that. <clears throat> yeah, and uh, yeah, after that scene, we get a bunch of talking and shit. And then, uh... I think Gale dies. I, I don't think they're gonna kill off Gale. I really don't. I don't see it. In that scenario that she was in that trailer, I don't see any way she got out of it alive. Well, I mean, there's... Oh, they always make a way. What yeah. am I saying? I, I, I don't she's... know, though. They killed Dewey. That's true. I think she's gonna be a fake-out death. See, I think she's gonna... I think they're slowly killing... They're gonna keep this franchise running forever, just so you know. Yeah. So... I mean, they're obviously not going to kill off uh, Cindy or Sydney. Well, Sydney's not even in this one. I know. That's what makes her safe right now. But guaranteed, after they make this one, which they're going to kill Gale off, I'm doing some predictions. We can go back to this after we watch the movie. <laughs> but uh, I'm making predictions now that they are going to kill off Gale in this one because her and Sydney. It is Sydney, right? Sydney. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to say Cindy because that's a mm -hmm. scary movie. Uh, <laughs> but they're going to kill Gale off on this one, and then the next one they make, they will finally kill Sydney. You think? Yeah. But it's still not going to be over yet, because we have all of these new characters that are uh, part of the, what did the girl call it from the last Scream movie? The requel? Yeah, the requel. Yeah. Because they all survived, pretty much. Pretty much, because that ghost face, face was sucked. Stupid. He sucked. I mean, he, um, he did kill the sheriff and sheriff's son. 
you know, we we should go through. You know what? Honestly, let's go through all of the Scream movies before this one comes out. Oh, yeah. We got a month. Good. We can do it. Oh, fuck yeah. I mean, to be quite honest, we ain't even got to watch most of them. Yeah. So, um, you, you want to, from, like, next week and the week after that, we'll we'll do the Scream movies? Yeah. We could even do multiple each time. Like, we could do one and two. Yeah. And then well, three Well, we already and four. did one. Or, yeah, so we could, we could do two and three. Yeah. And then three and four. And then we could dedicate a whole one to five because... Yeah. Even though I will say it's he's probably the worst ghost face because he can't seem to finish the job on much <laughs> of anybody. It was a tantalizing story. <clears throat> yeah. Kept you drawn in the whole time. Yep. I could watch that. I could watch number five over and over. Oh, me too. Yeah. Just like one. I could watch the first one over and over again. Yeah. So the, the trailer then goes to Gail getting a call. And it's Ghostface. And she's like, you know, you're the 10th guy who tried this shit. Never really works out for the dipshit in the mask. And he's like, I'm something different. And uh, crashes someone through a wall. We don't really see who that is. Silently. Yeah. And then, uh, like, does the whole knife cleaning thing with his hands and then jumps at Gale. And then, uh, now you only saw this one before they edited it. I saw it the day that it came out. Before they had edited it. So, um, she's pointing the gun at the door, and she says, that's why I'm going to shoot you in the head. But in, And then pops off like four or five rounds of yeah, the door. Yeah, but whenever they originally brought the trailer out, she said, that's why I'm going to shoot you in the fucking head. Which I just think kind of makes it more badass. <laughs> well, yeah. She's like, that's why I'm going to shoot you in the fucking head. And it's Gale. Everything yeah. she does is badass. Yep. And there's apparently like a shrine to all of the past killers. Yeah. Yeah, that looked pretty fucked up. Yeah, it did, but it was cool. Yeah, it was really cool. So you think they're going to kill off Gale, huh? Yeah. I, I don't think they're going to kill off Gale. I really don't. I think they are, just because I think that they they realize something, too. A, how much longer is Courtney Cox going to be around? <laughs> yeah, much, less, much less willing to keep doing these fucking movies. Yeah. Uh, Same with uh Sydney. Yeah. They may not kill Sydney off. They may just... Have her die of natural causes. So the reason Sydney is not in this movie is because um, they had um, like money uh, debates and they wouldn't pay. Uh, God, why can't I remember her fucking name right now? Nev Campbell. Uh, they wouldn't pay Nev Campbell what she wanted to be in the movie. Yeah. So see, they may find some other way to kill her off. Yeah. Or and you want to know what my crazy whack job conspiracy theory is? Huh. I just thought of this while I was on the shitter today. So, <laughs> where well, I have my best thoughts too sometimes. What if, what if that whole like money scandal or that scandal, that whole money situation was just like a misdirect? And Sydney is Ghostface. And Sydney is fucking Ghostface. What if she finally fucking snapped? Sweet Jesus. This is like a Ghostface they've never seen before. She would be the one to be able to do it. See, but I don't know. The acrobatics and the sheer force that we see in the ghost face in the trailer. Yeah. I don't know if Sydney's capable of that. <laughs> well, I Unless mean, she's I know... been hitting the gym. <laughs> I know damn good and well that's not really the case, but it's like a what-if scenario, you know? Yeah, just a, like, conspiracy. Yeah. You know, they've done they've done crazier things. Yeah. Um, but they brought Kirby back from number four. I, I don't know. There's, like, this... Be careful what you say, because there is, like, a massive following, like, a cult following of Kirby 
and uh, like they'll fight people. <laughs> they will. Yeah. I never understood the whole uh, Kirby obsession. Yeah, the Kirby obsession. I mean, she was a great character and all, and I I think that's why they brought Kirby in because first of all, we never knew if Kirby lived or died, and everybody was saying that she had lived, and then they hinted at it in Scream Five where they're uh, uh, he's the the killer dude is watching uh, the Flash. Yeah, he's watching the YouTube video of the Dead Meat podcast, which I thought was really cool that the Dead Meat podcast got to be on that. Yeah. Um. And on the side panel where it has suggested videos, it says interview with Survivor Kirby. So they hinted at it in Scream 5 that she was alive, and they brought her back in 6. And I think the only reason they brought her back is because they couldn't get Sydney. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Makes sense. So, and then it pans to a train. They're on a train, and there's like five ghost faces because there's like a Halloween con- or a horror convention going on or some shit. And uh, the lights go off, and then they come back on, and all the ghost face are staring at them. And then it, uh, the lights go out again, and then it, they come back up as ghost face is grabbing, uh, oh, what's her name? I can't remember her name. The Randy's uh, niece, the horror aficionado girl. I can't remember her name. Right I now. can't remember her name either. <clears throat> but uh, to be quite honest, I don't remember a lot of their names from the first or the last one. Yeah. But uh, it's just because they're the most recent ones. Yeah, and I've o- I've only seen the fifth one like twice. Huh, I've watched it more than you. <laughs> um, but yeah, he grabs her, and then it goes to the cutscene of Scream Six, which I'm excited about. Yeah, I'm definitely excited about this one. This one's gonna be good. If they keep making them, Ice Nine Kills could literally make a song about every movie. Yeah, and well, fill up a whole album. So Courtney Cox is like an executive producer of this one. Yeah. Like, Gail Weathers, the woman who plays Gail Weathers is like an executive producer or some shit on this one. So, I think it's going to be pretty damn good. I really do. Hell yeah. And If I she starts wait. producing more, then it's definitely confirmed. I think they're gonna, she's going to get killed off and then she can focus more on... Yeah. And uh, I'm going to actually get, like, a list of all of the uh, cast members that are listed in this movie. And I want to do, like, a who's going to die, who's going to live... Uh, who's going to be the killer type deal. Who's going to be mortally wounded. Yeah, who's going to be the fake-out deaths, you know, all that shit. Who the real survivor girl is in this one. Yeah. So anyway, um, we're going to end it there. That's been Goblin and Hayden. And Hell we, yeah. We are Psycho's Kitchen, and we are sorry that we've been gone for so long, but we are back, baby. Yes, we Oh, God, it won't be a podcast without this. Get off the damn counter, you stupid cat. <laughs> Piglet! I hate (laughs) you love cats what gives that away (laughs) but uh, anyway yeah so we're sorry we've been gone and we are back baby this has been us on Psycho's Kitchen hell yeah hopefully Elle will be stepping back in soon yeah Uh, but until then I mean you guys just you you just gotta deal with us yeah (laughs) you just gotta deal with us you know so so deal with it Uh, as always, keep it spooky and keep your lives in the horror movies. Hells yeah. Peace out, home dogs. Bye.